0: Good morning. It's good to see all of you, and it's good to be together. And if you are in one of our overflow rooms down the hall, glad you're here too. And if you're listening uh, or you're watching at home, I'm thankful that you are joining us today as well. Truly, it is a blessing to be together and to worship our God in heaven. I saw a social media post that I really liked. I see a lot that I don't like, as I'm sure you do as well. But here's one, and some of you shared it and uh, thought it spoke a lot of truth. It said, Four generation fade. Number one, parents don't make church a high priority for their kids. Second generation, kids grow up and make it less of a priority for their kids. Third generation, those kids grow up and make it no priority. For their kids. Fourth generation. Those kids grow up. With no concept. Of God. Isn't that how it often happens? Isn't that how we drift. From the faith. But I'm here to remind you. Of an even more sobering reality. And that is that we can drift. In just one generation. It doesn't even take two. Three. Four generations, we can become loose from our moorings in our generation. It's just so easy to drift from the faith, isn't it? So easy to become loose from our moorings. I would say that our default is to drift. It takes a lot more work. To stay secure to the faith. To stay locked in to our convictions. It's much easier. To turn loose and to drift away. Look at the world around us. People are adrift. Without the Savior. And truly if our rope. Isn't tied to the dock. If our anchor isn't down. We will drift. Now, just listen to Paul's words from Ephesians chapter 4, 14. He says, We'll be tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. We are at risk, truly, every day of turning loose from our moorings and being swept away by the winds of change. By all different sorts of doctrines and ideas and philosophies tossed about to and fro by the waves. And it's a temptation for me to turn loose from the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is for you too. It is for us collectively as a church. Well, today I simply want to look at a text in our New Testament that I believe will help us stay fastened to the faith. And that text is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 through 19. And I would invite you to turn there with me. I'm going to have some of the text up here on the screen, but it'll be helpful for you to have a Bible open in your lap. To take a look at this text along with me. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. And I've just got three simple points to share with you from this text, from this writing of the Apostle Paul to Timothy who was a younger preacher, Paul was his mentor, he was, uh, uh, his, Timothy was his protege, and he writes to him, and we're going to start reading in just a moment in verse 14, but the first point that I want to share with you from this text is we must stay fastened to our Savior. If we are to avoid drifting away from the faith, we must, first of all, stay secure in our Savior. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. Remind them of these things. Paul speaking directly, personally to Timothy. Remind them of these things. Charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Paul starts in this verse, remind them of these things. What is Paul referring to here? When he says these things. Well it's possible he is referring to. The previous section. In this chapter. That begins back in verse 8. With this phrase. Remember Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to say to you. In our first point here. As we begin. Remember Jesus Christ. It is vital. That we stay fastened. Fastened. Not to the Jesus of our own making. Not to the Jesus that we've made in our own image. But to the Jesus of the Bible. To the Jesus of the Gospels. One of the newly elected senators from the state of Georgia. Shared on social media a few weeks ago. I am a pro-choice pastor. As if being a gospel pastor. A minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ is compatible with the taking of innocent, unborn life. That's not my Jesus. That's not the Jesus of the gospels. Those two things don't go together. I watched a couple days ago during the raid on the Capitol One member of that violent mob was waving around the Christian flag. That's not my Jesus. Don't lump my Jesus in with lawless violence. It seems like a lot of people want Jesus to join their side. We don't ask Jesus to join our side. We join his side. And we operate by his rules we live by his values. And Jesus didn't come to take sides. As someone once said. He came to take over. And we live in his kingdom. We don't remake Jesus in our image. We try to discern who Jesus is. From the scriptures. From the gospels. That is the Jesus we embrace. That is the Jesus to whom we are fastened. That is the Jesus... That we secure our lives to remember Jesus Christ, Paul says. Remember Jesus Christ. I want to share this grand section of scripture here about Jesus. Starting back in verse 8. And I don't have it up here on the screen. You can follow along with me. Paul says to Timothy, remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. The offspring of David as preached in my gospel. For which I am suffering bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Verse 9. Do you see that? Some of us might need to be reminded of that. The word of God is not bound. The word of God is not censored. The word of God will not be banned. Paul was in chains. But he says the word of God won't be in chains. As long as there are servants of God willing to preach the gospel of peace. The word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect. I will suffer for the sake of my Savior, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Verse 11, this saying is trustworthy. We've died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we'll reign with him. If we deny him, he'll deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. And then we begin our section that we're talking about this morning. Paul says, remember Jesus Christ. Christians who are unmoored, who have become unfastened, who are adrift, must be reminded of Jesus. Maybe you need to be reminded of Jesus this morning. Maybe the cares of the world have swept you away. Maybe concerns about the world have caused your heart to be a sea of anxiety. And you need to secure yourself to Jesus once more. When we're fastened to him, Paul says we won't be involved in silly things and meaningless pursuits. He says here, quarreling about words which does no good but only ruins the hearers. Pursuits that don't help anybody, that are not constructive and positive and practical for believers. Like these arguments, whatever they were, that had nothing about the had nothing to do with the faith. All that kind of trivial stuff we'll put aside when we're fastened to the Savior. In a world that's adrift, the church must stay fastened to our Savior, number one. Number two, we must stay fastened to the Scriptures. We must stay fastened to the Scriptures. Let me read verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved... A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. I hear a lot of people say, we just need to, we need to just open up our Bibles again. We need to shut off the computer and turn off the news and open our Bibles. And I agree with that. We ought to be spending way more time in God's word than we are glaring at the world. But it's not enough just to open our Bibles. Because once those Bibles are open, we need to know how to rightly divide the word of truth. That's what Paul is saying here in verse 15. Yes, we've got a biblical illiteracy problem in the world. And we cannot assume that our neighbors know much of, or anything about God's word. We've got to make it accessible to them. Maybe there was a time in our country when people had a greater um, knowledge about the Bible. That time is over. We have a biblical illiteracy problem. The 117th Congress kicked off with an opening prayer that closed in this way. Amen. And a woman. Some of you chuckled. I, when I saw that, I just could not help. I, I shouldn't laugh at that. But my goodness, the absurdity of that. The word amen, of course, is a Hebrew word. It's not a translation. It's a transliteration. That is the way that the word sounds if you were to read it in Hebrew. And it just means may it be so. And we close our our prayers with that word. May it be so, O Lord. It has nothing to do with gender. Amen and a woman. The silliness of that. And it illustrates the problem that we've got. It's a biblical illiteracy problem. But we've also got a biblical interpretation problem. That's why opening our Bibles is not good enough if we don't know how to rightly divide the word of truth. I just want to share one interpretation principle that I've been taught. uh, Long ago that I think we should remember, it's important. When we're reading the Bible to interpret unclear passages by those that are clear. So we use passages that are clear to interpret those that are a little fuzzier. And we could talk a lot about that, but I want to share one corollary of this is, I believe we should view and live out with confidence passages that are crystal clear, but we should view and live out with humility passages that are not quite. As clear, an example to me of a clear passage among many, many, is what Paul has to say in Galatians chapter 5 about the fruit of the Spirit. He says, if you have the Spirit living in you, then you are being formed into a person who is characterized by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so I don't have a choice when it comes to comporting myself When it comes to what I say and do to act in any other way that is not loving and kind and gentle and full of self-control. That is crystal clear in the scriptures. And if we are acting in ways other than that, then we are wrong and we're sinning and we need to repent. That is the way that we live out our faith. Those are the characteristics that the Spirit is creating, producing in our lives. But to me, passages that are not quite as clear are the various prophecies that are made in both the Old and New Testament. I don't know exactly what everything in the back half of Daniel in the Old Testament is referring to. The prophetic word there. I don't know everything. I I, I don't. Have all my T's crossed and I's dotted in Matthew chapter 24 when Jesus is both looking ahead to the destruction of Jerusalem and to his own return. I haven't got all that quite figured out. I have my opinions and I have my interpretations and my thoughts, but I hold those forth humbly, whereas when scripture is clear, I hold that forth confidently. We use what is clear in the Scriptures in order to interpret what is unclear. It is vital that we stay fastened to the Scriptures. It is vital that we have our Bibles open in 2021. And it's just as vital that we are rightly handling, that we are rightly dividing the God-breathed Word of truth. That we must stay fastened To our Savior. We must stay fastened to the Scriptures. This is life and death stuff. You gaze at the world too long, you're going to lose all hope. You're going to lose your way. You're going to lose your mind. We've got to stay focused on our Savior. We've got to stay focused on the Scriptures. And the last thing I want to share with you we must stay fastened to the saints. We must stay fastened to each other. We must. Verse 16 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. Paul says avoid irreverent babble. It will lead people into more and more ungodliness. This kind of thing was going on in the early church. It goes on today. Irreverent babble. Unsound, unhealthy doctrine and teaching. Their talk will spread like gangrene. He's talking about false teachers among them. Hymenaeus and Philetus who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened, we're living in the post-resurrection period, they said, Paul says, that's not true. That's simply not true. They're upsetting the faith of some who are listening to them. But watch this, verse 19, God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are His. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart From iniquity. Paul is here talking about the dangerous, unhealthy teaching of false teachers. He says it's like gangrene. It's like gangrene. Something that's dangerous to the body. It spreads. That teaching, the the teaching of those false teachers that is upsetting people's faith. In contrast to what Paul said earlier is, my gospel, the gospel, the pure gospel of Jesus Christ that I declared to you, but then, but then. Sounds like things were a mess where Timothy was ministering in Ephesus. There were false teachers. Some of the members had latched on to some of this stuff. It was spreading like gangrene. People's faith is upset. But watch, watch what Paul says in verse 19. God's firm foundation stands. What's he talking about? He's talking about the church. He's talking about the church of Jesus Christ. It will stand secure. Do you believe that? Do you live like you believe that? That the church of Jesus Christ will stand secure? Jesus said it himself. Not even the gates of hell shall prevail against my church. Paul says it here. God's firm foundation will stand Despite evildoers, despite false teachers and liars all around, the Lord's church stands firm. It has since the days of Christ, and it will until His glorious return. Believe it. Live like it. This year, we're focused on prayer. This week, we're praying about the church. We're praying specifically about our church about this congregation, about your church family. Got a picture of some of you up here. You know, every, it's, been a, it's been a trying year for the church, hasn't it? It's been a trying year for me as a church worker, as a minister, to know what to do, to know what to say. It's been trying for our elders, our deacons, everybody here. Been challenging. And every time something crazy happens in the world, I think church the church really needs to be together. We need to be together. We need to be singing together. We need to be praying together. We need to be listening to God's word together. We need to be taking the Lord's Supper together. We are greatly diminished without one another, without this. I'm, I, get, I just sort of get lost without this. We need this. I, and I'm hopeful. I am. I'm optimistic about this year. As far as the virus is concerned, I'm optimistic about coming back together. With, with, and I love looking out and seeing all your faces this morning, seeing so many people who, who are here. And I look forward to even more being back with us. But we need to be praying for the church. We need to be praying that this is a year where we grow. That this is a year of renewal. Of of greater fellowship and growth in Christ. And right now, I would just, in the midst of this sermon, I'd like to ask one of our shepherds, Oren Huffman, to come up before we even offer the invitation and say a special prayer for our church family for the year 2021.
1: His message has touched me very much this morning and I hope and I pray that it's touched each one of you here in attendance and those of you that are at home. And I pray as we uh, bow our heads that each one of you, not just today, not just over the next few moments, that each day this week you'll pray for the church. Uh, I couldn't say it any better than what Joseph has already said. But uh, let's go to God in prayer together. Most gracious and most kind and most loving Heavenly Father we're indeed humbled this very moment to be in your presence. God from the first time that men and women were called Christians for the first time in Antioch Father we're Still honored and privileged to be called Christians today here at Winchester. God, we know that we're stronger. Our faith is strengthened when we're together. And I feel the same things that Joseph has talked about this morning when. I see a a divided nation. When I see words that are spoken within our church that divides us, we need to remember your holy word is what we need to be focused on. Not politics. Not should we wear a mask. Not just the fear that is keeping us from apart. Father, we're edified and we're exhorted. And we're strengthened when we come together as brothers and sisters for no other purpose than to praise and worship you and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. God, be with this church today, this week, the challenges that lie ahead, let us hold fast to the Word and stay unified within the Holy Scripture and come to worship at the appointed time that we gather together. God, we know all of our strength lies in You. Protect this church. We know that You will. We know that You love us. And we know, Father, that You want all men to be saved. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Focused on prayer all year. Pick
0: up a prayer handout on your way out. If you're one of our members, that's probably already landed in your email inbox along with the bulletin. I'll be on Facebook Live uh, from our church page to pray with you to kick off the week. And as Oren said, we encourage you to be praying every day, not just for our church, but for every request on that prayer handout and more that's on your heart. If today you find yourself unfastened, unmoored, adrift, in your faith, and you need prayers of strength and encouragement, you just need to say, I, I've just felt a bit lost, and I need to refasten myself to my Savior, to the Scriptures, and to my church. We invite you to come, not just those in this room or those down the hall, but those of you who are at home. If you sense a spiritual need in your heart and you want to reach out, do so by calling our uh, church number our office number we're open every weekday from eight to three and you can send me an email to my super cool hotmail address and uh, let me know how i can be praying for you or reach out to our youth minister or any of our elders right now if you'd like to come and uh, make jesus the lord of your life become a christian if you need prayers for any other reason please come right now as we stand and sing